as you know, we're in the middle of this series called Battle Ready. If you're ready for the word this morning, say amen. All right, a few of you are ready. Okay. We talked about last week how life can kind of seem like we're in a battle sometimes. So how do we, uh, as Jesus followers, as, as followers of Christ, how do we fight our battles? And that's what that song was about. Uh, and I, I'm kind of like, I wanted to sing that song. And some people said, hey, this would go great with your message series. And I said, yeah, it would. But they never kind of get to the point. They say, this is how we fight our battles. This is how? Well, how is it that we fight our battles? So now I'm answering the question in the message. So I pray that this will, uh, this will help you with that. Um, and there, you know what? That's, that's the chorus to that song that is actually a lot longer and written by someone else. So I know it can be kind of an emotional, this is how we fight our battles. It might look like I'm surrounded sometimes, but I'm surrounded by God. So we'll get into how we fight our battles in the next couple of weeks. Last week, we talked about prayer and how we fight our battles on our knees. And we have that advantage of going to God in prayer and that, that partnership that God offers us. He says, you know, you pray to me, I will answer. And even the simplest things can seem like a battle in our lives, you know. It can seem like a battle. Anybody been through a battle lately? Right? I mean, just, just getting to church. And all the parents said, amen. It can seem like a battle, right? It could, just getting everyone rounded up. And getting clothes on everybody that look presentable. And, 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 right? I mean, just getting everybody rounded up and getting to church. Sometimes it can be a battle, right? Get, getting everybody kids up. Get everybody awake. Come on, let's go. It's time to go to church. Sometimes getting your kids to sleep, right, could be a battle. Get them to go to bed. Get them to go. Here they come again. You know, get you go to bed. Right, parents? Am I right? You're sitting in there and you, you think you got them down and everything's cool. And you go sit down for a little bit of peace and quiet. Some young ones, some parents of young ones understand. And you kind of finally sit down and you get your bowl of ice cream and you're ready to just relax for the night. And here they come. Back out here, carrying it. All right, here we go. And you're back. That can be a battle. Life can be a battle. And certainly this past year, we've had our fair share of battles. And so we're taking some time over these next couple weeks to see what it looks like for people of faith and how we fight our battles and how we can be battle ready when the battle comes to our doorstep. How do we fight our battles as believers? And do we look different when we fight our battles than the people of this world look? And, and we talked last week that if you're human, you're probably been through, you've probably been through a battle. And if you haven't, I would say that's not good news because there's probably one coming. God, and we talked that God rarely takes his people out of the battle, right? But he inserts his presence in the battle. And he gives us tools that we can use to fight these battles that we have to fight. And so last week we looked at it, and we're going to kind of camp out on this verse. We're in Second uh, Chronicles in chapter 20, and we're right about verse 15. We talked this, about this last week, and we're going to read this again together on the screen or in your apps, but when it's on the screen, I'll ask you to, that we all read it together, and when we get to the red word, we'll all say that word together. Okay, so let's read it. This is what the Lord says to you. Do not be afraid or discouraged, because of this vast army, for the battle is not yours, but God's. Whose is it? God's battle. See, we might be in the battle, but as believers, we've got to realize that even though we're in it, God owns it. We might have to fight the fight in the battle, but God always brings the victory in the battle. 
We might be in a struggle, but we're not in that struggle as we discussed last week. We're not in that struggle alone. When it comes to how we fight our battles, we talked about the power of prayer. And I encourage you to check that out. If you missed it last week, you can go back online and you can check that out um, and and see about, okay, how does this power of prayer work? And this week, we're going to talk about how God's word is one of the ways that we fight our battles. God gives us the tools to fight the battles. And one of those tools is God's word. And it empowers us to fight the battles in our lives. Now, next week, we're going to look at worship. And I can't, I that's going to be a lot of fun next week. Um, see, when you miss a week, you miss a lot, right? So we're in a series, and that's why I do series. So, you know, one of the reasons, so that people will come back and check it out again. So, you know, the, the power of worship and what that does in, in our battle fighting to get us battle ready um, so, so come back next week. Be sure to be here every week as we unpack all of this. Um, and as people of faith, we fight our battles um, with worship. And we'll see that next week. But it's going um, it, to be a powerful reminder today when we look at the power of God's word in how we fight our battles. Uh, we stand on God's word, right? It says stand on God's word to stay strong in a battle. We'll look at some scripture and we'll look at some things as we go along. Um, And that's how we fight. We stand on his word and we stay strong in the battle. Now, how do we do that? So first of all, if you're taking notes, uh, you might want to write this down. If you're not much of a note taker, you might want to write this down. Um, First of all, we take in God's word, right? We have to take it in. We've got to take it in, in our own lives and allow it to impact us. The thing is, you know, I know we have a lot on our minds. We're, We're busy. We have a lot going on and it's real easy. I know this. And you know this, it's easy to allow things to just sort of bounce off, right? Bounce off. Like not even hear someone or even listen. You know there's a difference between listening and hearing, right? I might hear someone, but I wasn't really listening. Husbands. Is that all I have to say? The wives are... Husbands, your wife may say something to you and you hear her. And then a minute later, you, can, you have a choice. <laughs> you can either fake it and say, yeah, I mean, that's, that's cool. What do you think? <laughs> How do you think about it? What do you think? Or you can just say, you know what? I didn't even hear you. <laughs> you have to determine that in your own relationship, what the safest play is there. But you know what? Even now at church, you've made the effort to be here. You've pushed yourself. You know, you got up, you, you got ready, you got caffeinated, you sat down, you're in place, and some of you right now are daydreaming right now. Some of you aren't even looking at me. In fact, I'm going to do a long pause to bring you back. Somebody just looked at somebody and said, what happened? What did I miss? What did he say? See, a lot of stuff just bounces off, right? We're not even, we hear things, but we don't listen. And we're busy. I know we have a lot going on. But here's the thing. God, when he's preparing his people to go into battle, when he's getting us ready for the battles we're going to face, he often challenges us to lean into his word, to listen to his word and to meditate on it and to reflect on it and to store it away in our hearts and lives. And Joshua in the Bible is a great example of this. Joshua is the leader that took over from Moses, right? When Moses was, was, was in leadership, Joshua was the next one, next one to take over. And Joshua led the Israelite people into the promised land. So Moses led them out of captivity, right? Pharaoh, Pharaoh. Y'all are good Christians. 
Moses led them out of captivity in Egypt, and he led them through 40 years of wilderness wandering. But when it came time to enter the promised land, the, the land of the Israelites were promised by God. It was Joshua that led them in. And you can read that story. But an interesting little side note, Joshua is actually the Hebrew name in the Greek New Testament translated Jesus. So it's the same name, just a different sort of pronunciation. Joshua was actually the name Jesus. It's the same. And many commentators have noted, noted that you know Joshua in the Old Testament led the Israelites into the promised land the same way that Jesus in the New Testament leads the believers into our promised land, which is eternal life. It kind of all goes hand in hand like that. I just think that's cool stuff that happens in God's word. And a little bit of study will get you there. Um, so Joshua has taken over the mantle of leadership here, and he's about to face all kinds of battles, and he's about to be up against all kinds of pressure, and this is what God says to him to kind of get him ready for the battle. Joshua chapter 1, turn over a few pages. Joshua chapter 1, beginning in verse 7, this is God's word. He says this, be strong and very courageous. And he says, be careful to obey all the instructions Moses gave you. Obey Moses' words. Obey what Moses told you. And Moses got his instructions from where? From God, right. So this is making those connections. Beware. Be careful. Obey all the instructions Moses gave gave you. Do not deviate from them, either turning to the right or the left. Then you'll be what? Successful in everything you do. How many want to be successful in everything they do? This isn't that kind of church where we preach that. (laughs) But there's a, there's a good spot for an amen right there, right? You'll be successful if you stand on God's word. If you, if you go with the word that was told to you by Moses, and Moses got it right from God. This is like whisper down the lane, but only two people. It's like six degrees of separation, you know, six degrees of Moses. Nothing. Nobody even knows what I'm talking about. All right, we're moving on. It just means that Moses is very close. Anyway, so there's this, there's, there's this <laughs> if you stand on God's word, he's telling Joshua, even in the battle, he's going, God says, you're going to go through all kinds of stuff. Don't deviate from what Moses told you. Don't deviate from the word that came from the Lord that Moses told you. Take my word, take the instruction, and stand on it on your life. Build it into your life, and you'll be successful in everything that you do. So there's a prerequ- prerequisite for being successful in your battles, Joshua. Stand on the word that was preached to you that you know. So we need to be battle-ready using God's word. In fact, if you go through the Bible, some things that the Bible says about God's word, it says, his word is a lamp for my feet. Anybody remember that one? You know, remember the song. I know you're singing it in your head, but God's word is a lamp for my feet. It gives you what? Direction. It shows you where to go next. It shows you what God has for you next. His word is a light to my path. The, God, the Bible says that his word is flawless. It shields those who take refuge in him. His word makes the simple wise. That's good news for me. Who said amen? His word gives knowledge and understanding. His word doesn't return empty. His word will accomplish his purpose. His word is trustworthy. His word is eternal. His word is to be treasured more than daily bread or Taco Bell. Y'all listening still? His word is right and true. His word will set you free. His word is powerful. It says his word is inspired. His word is actually God-breathed. It's alive, it's active. The word says it's, it's sharper than any two-edged sword. His word divides soul and spirit, it says. His word judges thoughts and attitudes of the heart. That's a tough one. 
His word never passes away. It teaches, it rebukes, it corrects. His word prepares us for every good work. His work can build you. His word can heal you. His word can save you. His word can bring you new life. The Bible says the grass withers and the flowers fade, but the word of our God stands forever. So why are you just watching a talk show? So why are you just watching a talk show? Why are you just watching game shows? When you could take in some of God's word on a regular basis and let it change your life from the inside out. How do you do that? Technology's made it easy to stay sort of tuned in to God's word. Again, we have all of these things at our, at our fingertips now. There's a Bible app. There's, there's a Nazarene Connect app, which is really cool. I set it up on my phone and just seems like just at the right time. I'm driving down the road. Somebody. And it's something from the Connect app telling me a verse that I really just needed to hear. Something from some app somewhere. You can set those up to, to, oh, what was that? And you look and it's just what you needed. It doesn't cost a thing, but it's a way that you can lean in to God's word. Oh, pastor, I can't carry around my Bible all the time. Well, you can, but... Some of you have grandma's old Bible and it's this big and you can't tote it with you. But now you got a Bible that's about that big. You got God's eternal word at your fingertips. And y'all are watching Price is Right. On a daily basis, you can have a scripture of the day. You're like, man, Pastor, I just don't have time for that, bro. I'm real busy. You know I'm busy. Yeah, real busy getting to the bottom of Netflix. All you got to do is go to a little verse of the day. And that'll get you going. It'll take 20 seconds to engage spiritually. Take God's word in because it's powerful. Here's another thought. Take God's word to heart. Take God's word in and take it to heart. Eugene Peterson, he wrote a a, a paraphrase of the Bible called The Message. Uh, I can't imagine the work that goes into the entire Bible, Old Testament, New Testament, writing a paraphrase about that entire story. That is, a, that is a work. But he wrote another book as if he had time to write other books called Eat This Book. And he talks about the Hebrew word for meditate, right? It's not some weird thing. We're not talking about TM or, or any kind of weird meditation. The, the, tr- the word that's coming up, we're going to see it in Scripture here in a minute. It's an interesting word because we're going to look at it in Joshua chapter 1 and verse 8. But we see this word meditate come up. And it's funny because the same word is used in Isaiah. It's the same Hebrew word that that is implied that like when a lion growls over its prey. Read that this week and I'm like, oh, okay. Like he enjoys it and protects it. And it's like, this is is mine, y'all. Like like when a lion goes, oh. You know, like, man, I got it. This is is the good stuff right here. And, and, And I got it. And it's mine, and you can't have it, and this is mine. Like when a lion growls over its prey to enjoy it and protect it, that's what we're to do when we hear God's word. That's what we're to do when we read God's word. And, and God's word in our heart and life, we, we chew on it. We, we, we reflect on it. We appreciate it. It's not just a word to be read like you read something online or read something on TV or whatever. You read it and you reflect on it and you treasure it and you allow it to take root in your life. You allow it to take, you take it to heart. Look at what God says in Joshua. Study this book of instruction continually. And what? Meditate on it. See, that's the idea. Chew on it. Ruminate 
on it. Enjoy it. Bury it in your heart. Meditate on it. When does it say to meditate on it? Once in a while? What does it say? Day and night, so you'll be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. So it's sort of part two to what he said the first time. God's saying, look, take my word, take my revelation, chew on it, meditate on it, let it take root in your life. You know, for centuries, in the old, in older centuries that have gone by, believers engaged in a practice that was called spiritual reading. Spiritual reading. And it actually had four parts to it. And one way was to read, and the second way was to pray. So if you read something, let's say you go to, you know, you go to the Bible app or something, and you see something, you start a reading plan. And thank you for those who invite me on a regular basis to, to, for these reading plans. They're enjoyable. You start a Bible reading plan, or you start a devotional, and you see a scripture, and you read it, and you stop, and you, you pray about it. You know, God, give me insight to help me to understand what's going on here. Then, then you meditate on it. You know, like maybe you sit with it for a while. You open God's word and you take some time. And you just sit with it for a while. And then even contemplate it. That was the fourth, th- fourth thing that they would do. So you're actually going to go through the day and you're going to think about this verse. You're going to think about this section. And you're going to chew on it. You're just sort of letting God's word get down in your heart. Get, let it get in your heart. You read the Bible differently when you're in a battle. So if we're getting battle ready, right, we read the Bible differently. You know, we go, you know what, I don't have time to speculate. I need help. And we read God's word. God help me. And you open his word for that help. I might not have it all figured out, God, but that's okay. I want to read your word. And when you read it, you know, the Bible was written over thousands of years uh, in different cultural contexts. And, and you can't just project back our culture into the culture where the Bible was written. So you're going to read some things that, that maybe shock you. You're going to read some things that you might not understand in the scripture. Like you'll read that and be like, ah, dude, how's this guy have a thousand wives? I mean, one seems to be. Are you still tracking with me this morning? But you keep reading, right? It's okay. You know, we we just stay with God's word and let it shape you and form you. And over time, it'll begin to transform you for the positive. And so I've gone to the Bible again and again and again because I need God's help. And I also need to take in his word. And I also need to take it to heart. Meditate on it. It's battlefield reading. It's battle-ready reading. And the third thing I, I would like to share with you this morning that we do is, so we take it in, we take it to heart, and then, well, we live it out. We've got to live God's word out in our lives. Joshua, st- sticking with the, the same uh, scripture section, chapter 1 and verse 9 says this, This is my command. He know, God knows that he's getting ready to, to face some battles, right? He's going to face these things. And he says, this is my command. Be strong. Again, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged. For the Lord your God is what? With you wherever you go. God is with you wherever you go. In the fact that, the, that there was a great Christian thinker. His name was Philip Yancey. Is Philip Yancey. Uh, great author and great thinker. What a philosophy. Like, this guy is just brilliant. He, once asked, he was once asked, how would you summarize the Bible in one sentence? And this great, incredible thinker, like, I mean, he does things with words that you were just like, whoa, how did he even think of that? Here's what he said. He said, God gets his family back. That's what he said. Like, relationship with God is the priority to him and it should be to us. In, crea- in, in us being God's creation, 
The most important thing um, Tozer said, the most important thing about you is how you think about God in your life. And you see what's coming out in God's word when you read it. See, Joshua was about to face a battle, a wall. See, he would get over the Jordan River, right? He would come into the promised land, and the first thing he faced would be a battle. You would think that God led his people to the promised land. Over 40 years of of wandering, the battles would be behind them, and the first thing that Joshua comes up against is a huge wall and a battle. And this is the walls of Jericho. He faces these walls. They're huge. They're basically supposed to walk around these walls one time a day for six days. And on the seventh day, they're supposed to walk around seven times and shout, and the walls are supposed to collapse. Hello. What? But that's exactly what happens. And God gives him clear instruction. And God had already implanted, though, all of this in his heart and mind before he even faced the battle. He was telling him this. This is my command. Be strong and courageous. Don't be afraid. Joshua was like, we just come out of the promise. I mean, we just come out of the wandering. I'm about to go into the promised land. Be afraid of what? God's saying, hey, listen, be on your toes. Listen to what's been told you by Moses, my word, and be ready because there's a battle coming. And don't worry. Don't be afraid or discouraged because I'm with you wherever you go. So God had already implanted all of this in his mind. The power of God's word was already in Joshua's mind and heart. Be ready to face this battle. So you look through your Bible and you see God move again and again and again in people's lives. I mean, Abraham and Sarah, right? They faced their own wall, if you will. They had a wall of infertility and broken dreams, but God made a way through that wall and they became literally the parents of the Jewish people. Moses, right? Go back to Moses. He faced a wall of his own guilt. God made a way through that wall, and he went on to lead his people to freedom. Go through the Old Testament. David faced a wall. He he, he had this continued moral failure, but God made a way through that wall and continued to use him. Elijah, the prophet, had a wall of his own discouragement, but God made a way through that wall, and he used him. There was a woman in the Bible named Ruth. She faced a huge wall of heartbreak and loss, but God made, it way, made a way through that wall, and her life was restored. Remember the Old Testament. Daniel, right, faced a wall of persecution, but God made a way through that wall, and he was able to survive the lion's den. New Testament, Zacchaeus, right? Remember, remember what, what do you remember about Zacchaeus? He was a, he's a wee little man, right? But he faced a wall of really greed and hatred, right? He was really a bitter kind of guy. But God made a way through that wall, and he found forgiveness and grace instantly in the person of Jesus. The woman at the well, right? John chapter 4, she encounters Jesus with a wall of sexual sin and discrimination. But God made a way through that wall. She found brand new life. There was a leper who faced the wall of disease and exile, and God found him and made a way through, through the wall in his life and continued and healed him. Peter, remember Peter, he faced the wall of personal failure when he denied Jesus Christ personally three times. But God made a way through that wall. And Peter went on to lead the early church community. And finally, Lazarus. Lazarus faced the ultimate wall. Lazarus was dead. He faced death. Yet God made a way through that wall and led him to new life. The God who is beside you is bigger than the wall that's in front of you. Joshua learned that lesson before he even got to the wall. He learned it back here. He learned it way back here. When he began to take in God's word, meditate it on in his heart, on it in his heart, and allow it 
to transform him and to live it out. God is bigger than your wall. God is bigger than your battle. In fact, God owns the battle. He's bigger than your diagnosis. He's bigger than the bad news. He's bigger than whatever happened to you in the past. He's bigger than what you're fighting. He's bigger than what you're fearing. He's bigger than what you're missing. He's bigger than the lies. He's bigger than the hype. He's bigger than the virus. He's bigger than our divisions. He's bigger than our economy. He's bigger than our problems. He's bigger than what's happening in the, what has happened in the past. And he's bigger than whatever is on the way. And so his command is, by the way, it's a command, not a suggestion. His command is what? This, do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged because your God is with you wherever you go. He is bigger than anything you faced or will face. So stand on his word and you'll stay strong in the battle. Stand on his word. Take it in. Take, your, take his word in. Take time to read it. <laughs> take it to heart and then live it out. He's bigger than any challenge you've faced or that you will face. Let me tell you this morning, as we close, we'll have a time of prayer. Some of you are amazed that we got out here on time. I am too. I am too. Thank you for your patience this morning. But let me tell you a little couple, a couple little things about the God we serve. And if you are on the outskirts, if you are kind of not really sure, just checking this Christianity thing out or, or, or not really kind of all in with God and, or, or the Bible or like you don't understand where do you begin, all of that stuff. Listen, he understands. God understands that. And I can only say that because I sat where you sit. Like, where do I even begin? But it's not where do I begin, it's just begin. Just open, the, open a copy of the scriptures. Go to the internet and say, the Bible. And chances are you'll have a good site open up and it'll say, okay, Bible Gateway, the Bible app, whatever it is. Just start somewhere. And God will begin to, you'll see things that you've never seen before. And I've said it before, you'll start to realize that these these coincidences in your life, you're going to chalk them up to, nah, they're no longer coincidences. Nothing happens by chance. The same as you're not sitting in this room this morning by chance. Or you're not watching this online this morning by chance. God himself, the God that I've been talking about this whole time, the God that we've been singing about this whole time, saw you this morning and somehow orchestrated time and space so that you all would be in this room right now hearing this word from him. And it's not just some preacher saying a few words and, oh, let's have a good lunch later. This is the God of the universe that is speaking to you right now. And I know that you know you know. So as we close this morning, and if you would stand this morning, we'll have a time of prayer and then we'll go. But I know that I know too, I've been doing this long enough. I know the spirit of God that is that part of uh, this service and every other service is moving this morning amongst, amongst the people that are here. And some of you this morning are going to be different than when you came in. 
Some of you this morning may have never cracked open a copy of the Bible in your life. And some of you are going to say, you know what? I'm going to look into that, what the preacher talked about this morning. And you're going to see things in that Bible and you're going to go, whoa, I didn't know that was in there. I heard that phrase before, but I didn't know it was in the Bible. Well, there it is. And I pray that you do that and that you look to the scripture and you look in there to see what God actually has said throughout the years and even now is saying. But more importantly, even more importantly than cracking that scripture open later on is responding to what the spirit is doing right here, right now, this morning. And I know that the spirit is here because I asked the spirit to come. Not that I have to, not that I'm anything important. But we prayed before this that hearts and lives would be open to receive and that, would, that the Holy Spirit of God would work and would change. And so I'm going to ask you, just so we can all be of one accord, to bow your head and close your eyes this morning as we pray. So that no one is looking around. We're bowed and we're closed and we're just concentrating on what we heard this morning and how God might be speaking to us. What is God saying to you? You can ask the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me through this, this morning? And I would ask that you take this moment very, very seriously, just as we do. It's a sacred moment. It's a time when you can reflect on what you heard and say, you know what, Pastor? I haven't exactly been living my life for Jesus, for God. I just, I haven't. And through what I've heard this morning, I feel that the Holy Spirit is sort of nudging me. And that that Holy Spirit is saying, you know what? It's time for you to give your life over to me. And watch how I might bless you. And watch how I might work in your life and reshape your life. And and reorganize how we do things together. Me and you, God says. And so I want to give you all the same opportunity this morning with heads bowed and eyes closed as we pray. If you say, Pastor, I know that God's speaking to me this morning. And I know that he wants me to surrender my life to him. And I've fought it long enough. Maybe maybe even fighting for days, months, years. You know that you know God's been calling out to you. And you're ready to just surrender. And you say, you know what? I'm going to surrender my life to him. If that's you this morning, we don't want to embarrass you. But I do want to lift you in prayer. I won't mention you by name, but I want to be aware. And so we can lift you in prayer and follow up and take care and all that spiritual nourishment that we can give you. If that's you, with everybody heads bowed and eyes closed, if that's you this morning, you say, Pastor, that's me. I knew that I was here for something. And I know God's speaking to me right now. Just just raise your hand and look at me. Say, that's me, Pastor. Pastor, that's me. I'm done playing around. It's time to get serious. Time to take some inventory of my life. And start out with this relationship with God because I know I need it. I know I need it in my life. If that's you, just say, Pastor, that's me this morning. Pray for me. Pray for me, Pastor. Amen. In this time of reflection, we also take time to, you might know Christ. You may know Jesus. You may have come to an altar somewhere in your life and prayed to receive him as Savior. um, But you know you haven't been living for him especially in recent days. You say, Pastor, I need to get back to what I once knew. If that's you this morning that needs to get back to what you once knew, and you know what I'm talking about, you know. Just slip your hand up and say, Pastor, that's me. I need to be serious about this. This needs to be a part of my life, the part of my life. Say, Pastor, that's me. Pray for me. Don't resist the Spirit. If He's speaking to you, 
Don't leave here the same as you came in. He knows you, he sees you, and he loves you. Amen. Father, in Jesus' powerful name this morning, I pray, Lord, that you would take these words and through the Holy Spirit, you would translate these words into people's hearts and lives, that we might open your word, God, and be battle ready. And that, Lord, we might find some way, somehow, Lord, to read these words, meditate on these words, take them to heart and live them out. That we might not only be changed ourselves, Lord, but the people around us somehow, some way would be changed because they see a change in us. And that we might be able to explain. It's only because I read something in the scripture this morning. Let me share that. And God, help us to share your word with others who need encouragement, who need healing, who need all of the things that, Lord, your word gives us that we talked about. Because, God, you're bigger than anything that we can face. You're bigger than than yesterday, Lord, and you're bigger than tomorrow. You can handle all of our problems that we bring to you, Lord. And then you can reveal to us through your word how we can handle it together. And we don't have to go through the battle alone. That we have the God of the universe at our disposal. God, you love us. You care for us. Your word is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. Whatever you have for us next, Lord, I pray that you would reveal to your people this morning so that, Lord, the ministries that they can get plugged into here or the ministry that they want to get started, Lord, I pray that you would make that happen in their hearts and lives and that, Lord, we can read your word and see how Joshua was was prepared. He was not discouraged and not afraid. In fact, your word says to be courageous, be very courageous. So, Lord, every battle that comes our way in the next few days, the next few months, whatever it is, I pray, Lord, that we would turn to you and to your word. And we would turn to you and learn to pray to you, Lord, and ask for your help and not seek it elsewhere, but seek it right from you, God. And you would would guide us and direct us to the next steps, Lord. Whatever that means in our life, whatever we're going through, whatever we're going through as an individual or as as a couple or as a family, Lord, I thank you, Lord, for putting people in our lives, Lord, that can give us wise counsel. And Lord, your word will direct us. And if we pray, you will direct us, Lord, and you will show us your light. Your your word is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. Sometimes that path leads to the church. Sometimes that path leads to a Christian brother. Sometimes that path leads to someone spiritually who can help us, guide us. Sometimes that path will lead us into a counseling situation. Wherever that path is, Lord, I pray that you would show that to the next believer that would pray for that. And that, Lord, when we seek you, you would, we would find you. Father, help us to realize that you are bigger than anything we can face. And we will be battle ready, Lord, when it comes to our doorstep. We will be battle ready, Lord, when it comes across the telephone and we answer the phone. And Lord, it's, it's someone who's ready to battle. Might we have your spirit, Lord, and your words all of those times, Lord, when it comes to our doorstep. We thank you in advance, Lord, for what you're about to do. I thank you, Lord, that we can come in, Lord, and and, and worship you and that we can leave here changed people because your spirit has had his way here in this service. And I pray, Lord, that no one would leave here the same as they came in, that that somehow, Lord, they would be different because they heard from your spirit and your word this morning. Thank you in advance, Lord. In Jesus' powerful name we pray and for his sake. And everyone agreed saying amen and amen. God bless you all. We'll see you all next week.